When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Weekend Warrior, every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. On ESPN LA 710. Dedicated to you, the fan who works hard all week and slugs it out on the court, the field, the big box store, and the honey-do list all weekend long. And helping you cope as you come to the realization you're not 19 any longer. Here's board-certified orthopedic surgeon Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. So excited to be with you each and every Saturday, 12 years and counting. Particularly fun today with Rebecca and Tyler. I don't do it alone. Bringing you truly good karma, which is the name of the station owners now. But it is. That's what the Weekend Warriors show is. And hopefully you'll take that karma and do nice things for people around you as well. My guest at 8.15, I'm so excited, on many levels. Number one, she's a surfer, a really good surfer from Santa Barbara, Sally Sanger. But she's also heavily into continuing to live a rich and rewarding life. She's not a youngster. But her specialty is in transferring that love of fitness and eating right to the many people that she trains. She is a fitness guru. Teaching people to rediscover the beauty of life and the beauty of aging. I hate this anti-aging business. I love aging. You're smarter. You appreciate things much more. And you have the ability to reflect on your life. I want to play a soundbite from my favorite surfer, philosopher, the great Jerry Lopez. I always like to start with uh, something from the Dalai Lama. You know, he was once asked uh, what surprised him most about humanity, and he answered, man, because he sacrifices his health to make money. And then he sacrifices his money to recuperate his health. And he's so anxious about the future that he's not able to enjoy the present. Mm. The result being he doesn't live in the present or the future. And he lives as if he's never going to die and then dies having never really lived. The Dalai Lama and Jerry Lopez, who is my Dalai Lama. No truer words were ever spoken. And a man who literally not only talked the talk, but walked the walk. He lived to be 96 years old. Truly the first man to open our eyes to being healthy, to eat right, to exercise was Jack LaLanne. Listen to him give you a little history about the beginnings for him. Gyms. I had my first gym in 1931 in my backyard, as I said. Then I had the first official gym in Oakland, California, 1936. It was the first one. I had rugs on the floor, chrome equipment, and so much of the equipment in the gyms I invented, you know, the leg extension machine and the uh, weight selectors, all those things. There was nothing way back there in the 30s, so I had to invent things. And I had friends of mine that were machinists and some blacksmiths and people that helped me. I would write down what, what I wanted, and they'd make the thing by hand. And that's how I started making this equipment. Just like Michelangelo had to make a pathway hidden in the walls to get the donkeys up. 
I have six patents on tools that are used all over the world. When your hip or knee or shoulder or elbow replacements gets infected, God forbid, or loosens from the bone, they use these ultrasonic tools. Well, I invented those. Yeah, you get to use your brain. You become an innovator. That's the blessing. And then the word got around, you know. I was so enthusiastic, boy, I'm going to save the world. Boy, I could just see I couldn't handle a bin. There were going to so many that will be waiting in line to get them. The first month in business, you know, I spend my exercise watching the people go by. The people looked like I was a plague. The papers picked it up. Well, that jack-o'-line, that muscle guy, he doesn't eat meat. He's got women working out with the weights. He's got 80 old guys working out with the weight. And he got all this stuff, you know, and he, he's a real nut, a real crackpot. And the doctors, you know, they thought I was a nut. It's terrible. Yeah, when you're when you're out there and you believe in something, there's not going to necessarily be a round of applause. In order to be called a genius, trust me, you first have to be called an idiot. You got to be called crazy. Success comes when everybody else goes to the left. You know who the successful people are? The ones that go to the right. Because you ain't going to be successful if you go where everybody else goes. You got to figure out how to do the opposite of what everybody else does. Then people will take hold of what you're doing because it's so different. More from Jack LaLanne. I just love it. Can't get enough. And I love his passion. It's, it sounds like I almost feel like I'm listening to myself. He's a motivational speaker. Who knew I was a motivational speaker? I got one thing in my brain to help that person to help that person to help themselves and to give them the truth, to motivate them, to stimulate them. We all need a little pat in the back. We're all little children. We're all little dwarfs. <laughs> you know, I'll never forget, just recently I talked to one of the greatest group of, I won't tell you what company, but these guys are all multimillionaires, all chairmen of the board. And I gave this lecture and I told you guys, you should be the first ones to work. You guys should be physically fit and mentally fit. You should be dressed to the nth degree. You should be set example for your workers. You know, so many of you out there, you're complaining about arthritis and rheumatism. The only thing you think about is making money. You forget about what you mean to this company and what the people think about you. You've got to give. You've got to get respect from your employees. They're your family. Wow. How you just shoot them up. After that lecture, every one of them, without exception, they came over and I signed autographs, you know. They said, Jack, I'm going to start working out tomorrow. I needed that more than anything. You were a million percent right. Thank you, thank you. Now, it makes you feel good, see? Makes you feel good. This man's going to stimulate millions, probably thousands of other people. See, you plant that seed, right? That seed's going to grow. You plant junk, you plant a weed, a weed will grow. You plant a wonderful orchid, an orchid will grow. You plant truth, truth will come out of it. That's all I got going for me is telling the truth. Unbelievable. He's, he's the man, Jack LaLanne. But we're going to get into what he did at 70 years old. Motivational. Help me. I came into your home. I reached, you know how many millions and millions of people we reached? My show was all those years I told you in Europe. And we were 34 years in, in, in America here. We had one of the highest rated shows of all the, all the day, daytime shows. You know, it's just, you're reaching millions of people. And they tell people. You know how he became so popular? Number one, nobody sponsored him. He paid for the airtime himself. Just like Howard Cosell started out on radio he paid for he did it for free just to get started for many years but he started on saturday mornings nine o'clock in the morning you know what he said you know who's up nine o'clock in the morning on a saturday kids they're watching cartoons so for that reason he got a dog a white german shepherd named happy and he literally would put his face in front of the TV camera and go, kids, because they're watching cartoons, they're flipping through the channels. Kids, go wake up your mom and dad. That's right. And if you do, 
I'm going to have Happy, my white German Shepherd, do a trick for you. If you wake them up and get them to the TV right now, because we're going to do some exercises, I want your mom and dad to do exercises, I'll have Happy roll over and fetch. Literally, this is what he did. So he went to, the kids would go to the door, wake up their mom and dad from like, like banging on the door, and schlepped the mother and father to the TV. And he hooked the parents on exercising. But he went through kids with that dog happy. That's how he got started. When things really started to change about the health, about exercise and nutrition, a lot of it really started because these folks were getting it from me and television. The truth. They never heard about this before. You know, women working out with the weights, older people working out with the weights, athletes working out with the weights. That's why I did all those feats that I've done, proving that at any age, anything is possible. On my 70th birthday, that's when I towed the 70 boats in Long Beach, a mile and a half. Can you believe that? My feet are tied. My hands are tied. And these 70 boats are back there, and I'm pulling them. Thank God for his son on a surfboard because he was going to quit. And if it wasn't for my son, I would never have done it. A wind, I was just about through with the race, I mean, with pulling, and a wind came up in my face. Pretty soon the boat started pulling me. <laughs> I was going to quit, and my son's on a surfboard. He said, Dad, don't quit. You've been telling us never give up. Come on, anything in life is possible. Keep going. So I just work a little harder, a little harder. Pretty soon the wind subsided, and I finally made it. You finally made it. All he wanted to do was bring joy to the world. But you know who benefits the most? He did. And that's what I'm trying to say. When you give, what you get back is a thousand percent more. See, what you don't realize, the millions and millions of people that were motivated by that, gee, that guy at that age, if he can do it, I can do it. See, that's why here I am. I'm going to be 90 here in about a year. I want to help people. That's why I'm going to take care of me. Like I say, if it doesn't work for me, it's not going to work for you. So I've got to stick around and be the example. I can't afford to die. Wreck my image. <laughs> and it'll hurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Warriors. What a lesson to learn. To become an architect at age 70. Brand new career. Awesome for Michelangelo. And we all benefit. Google St. Peter's. You look at all the rooftops in Florence and Rome. Look for the dome. Well, the biggest one is in Rome, and Michelangelo built it. Everybody concentrates on the Sistine Chapel and the David and the sculptures he made. But no, the skyline of Rome is what he built. Jack LaLanne taught us all the benefit of fitness, eating right, Mentally, the effects are just huge. And that's why when Rebecca plays Neil Diamond, who's still singing in front of audiences, Sweet Caroline, Paul McCartney's still out there, Mick Jagger, Willie Nelson, we benefit from these Alta Cockers. It's like a Medicare concert. But actually, the biggest beneficiary is the folks themselves. And coming up next, we're going to talk to a woman who not only talks the talk, but walks the walk. The great Sally Sanger is going to teach us what it's like. At age 70, your life is just beginning. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? It's Kobe Bryant. My mother is felling in heaven right now when you say that. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, <laughs> renaissance man, surgeon, sculptor, smoother. Gee, Lord have mercy. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's Dolly Parton. God bless her. Still inspiring us. That song, Jolene, that she wrote... And Miley Cyrus covers it. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. We need to continue to hear her singing that song. I'm so excited for my next guest, the great Sally Sanger. Sally, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's it's uh, it's wonderful to be here with you. Oh, so what do you think about me talking about Michelangelo at age seventy? changing, switching careers from painter, sculptor to become an architect and Jack LaLanne at age 70 hauling 70 boats with 70 people for a mile in the Long Beach Harbor. That life can really begin. Something special happens at age 70. What do you think about that? I love it. I love those examples. I, I grew up with Jack LaLanne because my mom did all the exercises with him. And uh, and I, I just love the whole idea of it, that you don't look forward to retiring. You re- look forward to doing something new, to taking a, a, a new, a ch- doing a new challenge, um, uh, maybe starting something that you never even thought you could do, that it's not, life can begin whenever you say it begins. And mm-hmm. I, I love the idea that as we age, we actually are, as you said, we're, we're wiser. We have more wisdom. We know what we should and shouldn't, should right. and shouldn't do. And uh, we have all, we just need to put it together and have all the tools and keep moving forward. So Sally, I'd like everybody to know who you are and what you're all about. You're married to one of my favorite people, the great S- Skip Sanger, who I love to death up in Santa Barbara. But tell us a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? What your mom and dad do for a living? Where did surfing come from in your life? And what's it like to be a teacher now, however old you are now? I don't even want to. How old are you now, Sally? <laughs> I just Skip and I just turned 67. We, we're a few days apart. So wow. we're, yep. Not quite 70 yet. You're not quite 70 yet, but you're getting close. You're banging on the door. Um, So tell us your story. Where did you grow up? Who inspired you? What did your parents do? Where did this all come from, the whole idea of surfing and then later in your life to become a teacher? Yes. Well, I'm born and raised in Santa Barbara, fortunate to have that uh, be the place I grew up. And my parents, my family was physically active, so they they were athletes themselves, my, both my parents. And my mom specifically was a great role model. She, she was one of the first female lifeguards in Pennsylvania. She was an outstanding athlete. In fact, she was asked to be um, like that movie in A League of Their Own. She was asked to do professional uh, softball when, when wow. that time came around. And, yeah, well, my dad wasn't real happy with her traveling everywhere, so she, she didn't do that. But... Um, at any rate, yeah, they definitely were great role models and examples for me. Hmm. I, I I was born active, though, because my mom said I didn't learn to walk, that when I started moving, I ran. So ah. I got up and I ran, and then I got up and ran to another place. And people have told me that I've, <laughs> I just was always active. So it's it was in my genes, and it was a good example. Um, our family was active. My, my The way I got into surfing 
Well, when you live by the ocean, it's pretty hard to not want to do something with the ocean. And my, I think my dad brought home, he was a chief construction inspector out at UCSB, and he brought home a surfboard once that one of the students left behind. And so we, my sister and I got on it and paddled around a bit. We took one or two lessons when we were quite young. And then I, I let it go, though, Dr. Clapper. I, I didn't my sister stopped surfing and there was my ride to the beach. So I'd have to ride my bike and I would do a mat surfing. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. or heard, heard about mat surfing, mm-hmm. like the George Greeno kind of mat surfing and mm-hmm. did that for a while and then came back up on a surfboard when I was about 21. I did a trip to Mexico and borrowed one of my friend's boards and thought, oh, I should be standing up. And that just blossom because you know what it's like it's it's hard to stop once you fall in love with surfing i chose to go to university of hawaii because guess why there's great surf there (laughs) and um it was a good school too yes (laughs) that was secondary i have to say but it was a good school for my studies so um that really got me into the whole swing of things with being a surfer came back to santa barbara kind of of fell into teaching. I had done little bits here and there, taught a class. My degree is in uh, physical education, recreation, Mm -hmm. um, and I got a master's in education. Mm -hmm. But when I came back, one of my favorite instructors um, took me to lunch and said, hey, we we need somebody to teach these adult ed classes. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how it started. I just I taught one or two. Then he said, "Oh, we need some people, somebody to do swimming at the credit division." So I taught there, and it just forty years later, I'm still there as a temporary part-time <laughs> instructor at the community college. Well, I know wow. it's crazy, temporary part-time, but <laughs> they can't get rid of me. <laughs> oh no, they're lucky to have you, and those students are yeah, lucky love it. to have you. Particularly now, as you get older, <laughs> if you've got a class of people who are in their 60s and 70s and even 80s. What's it like to have a student who is an elder statesman? Oh, I love it. I love that question, too, because when I first started, I was 26 or something like that. So I but I was teaching older adults then in one of my fitness classes for the adult ed program, even though I was also teaching a pool exercise class who this is interesting. There's there was a man in there then that was just uh, maybe 15 years older than I, and he is still coming to my classes. Wow. He's a swimmer. He takes a different swimming class, but he is 92 now, ah. and, and so I we've both grown together. But he's you know just been auditing the classes and taking them. So he's a great example of just staying active your whole life. Hmm. But back to your question, I I they. They motivate me. I, I mm-hmm. When I was younger, I saw, wow, this is great. People in their 60s and 70s are doing my aerobics classes and doing fine and loving it. And then pretty soon I was, now here I am their age, and I, sometimes I have younger students than I am. But it's it's very much a motivating factor because uh, I see that they're, they're choosing to come to these classes, and for my older adult ones, they're not getting credit for it or anything. They just they want to be healthy, and they mm. know they need a little bit of, like what Jack LaLanne was saying, they need a little bit of motivation or a little bit of um, a little prod to keep them going, and classes are what do it. So mm. it, they, it's, a, it's a win-win situation. They keep me going, and I keep them going. My uh, favorite teacher in my life in orthopedics was Dr. Ranawat, and he always used to say, the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. But because this is a radio show, the ears don't hear what the mind doesn't know. So I want to play a soundbite and and pick your brain. We all hear something, but I'm really curious what Sally Sanger hears in these words. It's from the great Jerry Lopez. I always like to start with uh, something from the Dalai Lama. You know, he was once asked... uh, what surprised him most about humanity? And he answered, man, because he sacrifices his health to make money. And then he sacrifices his money to recuperate his health. And he's so anxious about the future 
that he's not able to enjoy the present. The result being he doesn't live in the present or the future. And he lives as if he's never going to die and then dies having never really lived. Sally Sango, what, what, is, what does he say in there? What do you hear? Oh, my gosh, I love that. Well, first of all, I really, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jerry Lopez, too. But that whole sacrifice, man sacrificed his health to make money, I think it was, mm-hmm. and then flips it around. I mean, that's in a sense, that's, that's what I do. I am lucky that I get paid to stay in shape. I'm lucky mm-hmm. to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And then people come to me because, not all the time, but many times because they've become unhealthy. And they're sitting all day, um, or they just don't have some other means to know how to take care of their physical health. So they come to me, and they spend their money. <laughs> they mm-hmm. spend their money going to classes. It's I, that's profound, but very simple. So I mm-hmm. I love that whole. Um, I heard it earlier, and I I was trying to write it down. So I'm glad you <laughs> repeated it because I thought that was just. Um, Perfect for, mm-hmm. for my my thoughts on, unfortunately, the state we are in. Well, you know, years ago, Dr. Popper, I, of course, I wasn't doing this then, but many years ago, we stayed active because that was life. Mm-hmm. You had to go, you had to do your own gardening. You had to walk, as my mm-hmm. dad said, uphill both ways to school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there was always a challenge physically in daily life. Mm-hmm. But now you don't even have to get up to change a TV channel. I mean, everything is so... Um, so done for you physically and even mentally too. It's unfortunate. I love technology and it has its place, but it's really caused man, human beings, to now have to purposely go in a room and get on a bicycle or walk on a fake on a treadmill. I'm not putting those down because that that keeps people going. But it just seems so odd that our life is flipped like this, where we actually have to. We're working and working, working, and then we got to spend our money to be healthy. Yep. So, Sally, what, one of the things that happens when you get older is you can sometimes get intimidated by new technology, like a virtual class and all the rest. But you're fearless. You're not. You're not afraid of the ocean, and you're not afraid of new technology. So, before I let you go, tell us what you are up to lately with AARP and being able to teach these virtual classes and your your involvement with a, more of a global way to teach fitness. Tell us what you're up to lately. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this. I, I was briefly, I was just given this honor of one of five adults in the United States as recognized as a senior planet athlete. And seniorplanet.org is part of uh, AARP. And they offer all kinds of virtual classes of, of any type. Um, and quite a bit of it is about technology and learning how to use it. But there are, there's yoga. And what I'm doing is geared towards balance. It's a strength and stability class online. I mean, one of the things that came out of the pandemic, we all know, is that we most of us learned how to do things online through Zoom or some other way and still stay in touch and stay social. So it's been a great venue and a great platform for a lot of people that actually couldn't even go to some of the classes that I teach. They they can't get out. They don't have the transportation. Whatever reason, this has been a godsend to them. So now, especially for me, now I'm reaching people across the United States. Hmm. I actually have some students and sometimes in Saudi Arabia or Canada wow. all over the place. Wow. And I love it. I just love being able to reach people and to share my knowledge. And it just gives me purpose and value outside of my family and my personal relationships. It, it, it's so motivating to me to see that here are these people that want to take care of their health. They're learning how to do technology, and they're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Good for you, Sally. It's hard to do it as a 67-year-old woman, but you're fearless, and that's what I admire most about you and we're all so grateful that you're one of those people we share the planet with any last thoughts words of wisdom to leave us leave with us before i let you go well i would just say to find some just stay active i would tell people i'm sure 
as those people that have paid attention to Jack LaLanne, just try to physical activity is a cornerstone of a healthy lifestyle. So just keep moving, keep active. The old adage, use it or lose it is really important for your mind and body. So engage in activities you enjoy and just be in the moment, be in the moment with maybe a little extra attentiveness, attentiveness as we age so that you can just safely enjoy and participate in that activity. That's part of why I surf is just, it's so in the moment. And so I encourage people to find what they like to do and keep doing it. I agree with you. I think for me, what surfing teaches us is the nose of the board is your future. The tail of the board is your past. The surfer stands in the middle of the board and learns to live in the moment. That's what surfing teaches us. It really does emphasize that living in the moment and you and Jerry Lopez are really the most motivational people that I know. Thanks so much for joining us, Sally. We all benefit, and now we know how to get a hold of you. Give my best to Skip. Thanks so much, Sally. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. The great Sally Sanger. You can find her at Senior Planet uh, if you look her up on Google. All right, Warriors, the lines are all lit up. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. What? Who are you? What did you just say? Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. He's chiseled out of marble. He's got 48 chest and a 32-inch waist. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710 home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Such an inspiring topic that you can actually embrace the aging process what's fun for me is to see a hundred patients a week and I've been doing it for 33 years and to take care of the the high school students the junior high school student and the grandmother and great-grandmother it's the same body parts but oh my god I get to see what's under the skin, what the joints look like, the tendons, the muscles, the ligaments, and how they age. And I get to feel it, even though I've got rubber gloves on in the operating room, no rubber gloves when I'm examining someone in the office, but I can feel in the skin, the epidermis, the dermis, it already tells me how robust the hydration is in those mucopolysaccharides that keep the collagen fibers moist. You can be young and they can start to dry out, and you could be old and they're still robust. It's fascinating to see, feel, hear, and touch aging. But it's something, in my opinion, to embrace. All right, let's do some calls. Weekend Warriors. I'm just loving it. All right, let's go to James... You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hello, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Um, How young are you? What do you I'm, do for a living? I'm 77, Dr. Clapper. Oh, uh, I love it. <laughs> you're in the so strike zone for today's topic. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, I, I, I've seen you uh, before. I saw you on the 19th. I broke my hip two years ago, and... Um, James, what did you do for a living? Okay, I'm still working. I'm still working, Doctor Clapper. As what? I work at a, I work in a hardware store in Culver City. It's called Culver City Industrial Hardware. It's like an old time hardware store. Wow, you love would this. love it, I think. I, I would love it. It would remind me of me going to the lumber yard with my father, Regal Lumber in Far Rockaway. I have to tell you this story. 
one day because I used to I've got more wounds in my body from things that fell on top of me while I would be wandering. Nowadays, you got to wear a helmet to to ride a bicycle. In those days, there's no seat belts. And if you're a little kid like I was with my father, he would go look for whatever he and I'm like walking around the lumberyard with power tools going on and forklifts flying around. I had more things. I nearly died like a hundred times in my life already. But there I am walking through, I'll never forget this, in the back of the lumber yard. And there's a man, his name was Pete. And he was, oh, he's older than you, 77-year-old, at this time. And this story I'm telling you has got to go back 50 years. So God knows what he would be nowadays. He's sitting on a chair between piles of two-by-fours and plywood and two-by-tens and all these wood because he's in the stacks of the lumber yard and he's sitting on a chair a rickety old chair that has four legs and he's leaning backwards on the two back legs where they're gonna break in any second but he's fearless this guy pete and i'm like little kid i'm like eight years old and i walk down he looks at me and i look at him hey you're abe clapper's son yes i'm abe clapper's son nice to see you because I remember him helping my father find whatever he was looking for many, many times that I would go to the lumberyard. And Pete had in his hands a, a spool of nylon twine that they would use to tie up the multiple two-by-fours so that they didn't fall apart out of your truck. But Pete did not have a scissor. Now, you got to realize, this is nylon twine you can't cut this without a heavy duty scissor or an exacto blade or a knife here's this old man leaning on these two prongs of the chair backwards against the wood and in his hand is the spool of this nylon twine and just for fun his two hands He's taking the line, and I watch him, and it would go, snap. And I can, to this day, I can hear the sound, snap. And just for fun, he'd be breaking, tearing, unterrible with his bare hands. Shaquille O'Neal could even do this, this twine. So I, it's like a magic trick. So I walk closer and closer because I can't believe what I'm hearing, and I can't believe what I'm seeing. And he could tell he's doing this magic trick in front of me. And he has no knife, no exacto blade, no scissor. And he's busting this with this loud pop right in front of me. And I'll never forget, he looks at me and goes, pretty cool, huh? I go, oh, my God, how are you doing that? And he goes, if you want, I'll tell you. I'll show you. And I remember going closer, and he opened his hands and what he did was, it's a lesson I've learned, not just like I'm going to be breaking, ripping twine in my life, but it's a metaphor for life. What I learned that day when I was eight years old in the lumberyard with Pete in Far Rockaway at Regal Lumber. What he did was he took the twine and he roped it between his fingers in his palm so that the twine was wrapped around that when he pulled his hands apart violently, the loop of the twine cut the twine. I hope I'm describing this properly, but he made it so that when he, he jerked his hands, the twine cut itself by looping it in your hand a certain way. And I just remember going, that's exactly what life is. When it gets so hard and impossible, you could still use the impossibility to actually solve the problem. I don't know if that comes off well, but I learned it that day from that guy. So I have no idea why I'm telling you this, James, uh, who's 77, about the lumberyard and Pete. But for whatever reason, you remind me of Pete. It's just hilarious. So go ahead. What can I do to help you? Okay, so... uh... I want to walk again, and I don't know if the only alternative is hip resurfacing or whatever. And uh, 
Good. Then and that's what it is. Listen, you're not. I got three patients I've done hip surgery on. They're over 100 years old. You know why? I'll never forget. This. One of them, he worked in the Peace Corps in Africa. The guy was unbelievable. He's like a 40-year-old. How old are you? 102. But Dr. Clapper, I can't walk anymore. I want to still work for the Peace Corps. I said, okay, I gotta, I'll got i make a spot next week. I'm going to operate on you. Even though I'm booked for months and months, I took care of that. I'll never forget it. So your, your age don't scare me. You shouldn't be afraid. You'll go to Dr. Kalpari. If he says that you're safe to have the surgery, your heart can handle it, sign me up. I'll be there to help you. All right, James? Okay, I'll, I'll get in touch with your... Uh, you get in I touch with a- the office. Tell him you're a weekend warrior, and I'll help take care of you, James. Don't you have any fear. You got Dr. Clapper on your side, all right? Okay, doctor. Thanks again, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to live by your words, too, about helping people. Yeah, you better find someone today, James, and do something nice for them. Go to a Starbucks. Look for someone online. Go, you know what? That person probably is looking at their change. When I go to the donut shop on Sundays after I surf... I see some people, they struggle with the, to have enough money to pay for the donut. You know what? Pay for the goddamn donut for them. Don't, don't have them suffer. You do that today, James. It'll make me happy, make me proud of you. All right, let's squeeze one more in because I got too many. Let's go to Steve. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hi, Dr. Clapper. Steve Garcia from Huntington Beach. Thanks for calling. I just want to start off. Uh, it's going pretty good. I wanted to start off by telling you uh my mutual friend of yours is john Follot. oh i love him shaper. biohazard surfboards yeah, i love him yeah oh, yeah his um his wife is my cousin janet oh wow and uh he's a good man he's actually making me a surfboard or a bodyboard right now which is my primary uh source of exercise good and i've been dealing i've been dealing with a bad back and um I'm kind of. It kind of seems like, should I get an MRI? Yes, Stephen. Get doing... an MRI of your back. You don't need dye injected. Just a regular MRI, and then you call here next Saturday or the Saturday after, whenever it is. Have it in front of you, the report, and I will translate the your MRI, and I'll tell you what to do. How's that? That sounds good. And just one more quick thing. I love your analogy of of being on a board, a surfboard, bodyboard, whatever. The future is the nose, the middle is the present, and the tail is your past. And just to be on that board and living in the moment, like your one surfer girl said, is just such a great inspiration and a great way to look at life. And it's kind of like only a surfer knows. Right. You know what I mean? I do. I do. I know I know exactly hey, what you're saying. And I and I have to give thanks credit. I did not come up with that line. Steve Pesman taught me that line, who started the Surfer's Journal and he was editor of Surfer magazine. And I was at a surf uh, exhibit in Ventura once and I met him there and he and he he's the one who told me that. I don't know if it, it came from him, if he took it from someone, probably like Jerry Lopez. But yeah, you gotta learn how to live in the moment. And right now is all you got. And Jerry Lopez teaches us a lot of things. He's a surfer, but he's also our yogi. He's our guru. He's our philosopher. So thanks so much for checking in. And I look forward to helping you with your back at the MRI, and we'll talk more. All right? Thanks for your spirit of aloha, doctor. Yes, exactly Appreciate right. It. It's exactly right. The mo- In Hebrew, the mokom she'en anoshim tishtadel lihiyot ish. What that means in Hebrew, the ancient language is, in a place where there are no people, you should still be a person. So it sounds better in Hebrew, I think. All right, coming up next, last segment. Oh, my God, I got to tell you what we got in store for you for next week. I got to tell you where, where in L.A. can you eat food that comes from a recipe that's over 70 years old that's the best banana cream pie I've ever had in my life. I'll tell you. Coming up next, right here on the Weekend Warrior Show on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 710. 710. 
with Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. When I see the food, I eat it. Bada-boom. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm on a light diet. I only eat when it's light out. Bada-boom. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Stop in the name of love. That's right. Love. It's the coolest thing because it's it's a feeling, love. You got to give love to get love, though. And it comes in all different shapes and sizes. Before this show, before the pandemic, every morning I used to eat at the pantry. I think about that because I haven't eaten there since the pandemic and they open at 7 o'clock. I got to eat before the show starts. And every day I'd walk out of that pantry, 6 o'clock in the morning, to come do the show. There'd be quite a few homeless guys right there on the street. And I'd order my eggs and the burnt potatoes and pour ketchup all and hot sauce all over it. It's like the grate of my mouth is watering already at the pantry. But I'd always meet a couple of these homeless men as soon as I'd walk out. And they knew I was going to give them money. And there was one in particular, Marvin. And since I would make rounds at the hospital afterwards, I'd always have my scrubs on. Because I'd go right from this show to back to Cedars-Sinai to see patients that I had operated on yesterday. And this particular day, this is after years, I'd walk out, boom, here's a dollar. There would be Marvin. He'd see I'd be in scrubs. Hey, Doc, can I ask you a question about this? Can I have my prostate? I can't pee. What I, what, he would, like, ask me. Stuff. And I'd go, I'd, I'd tell him what to do, as if I know. You know, I'm not a prostate expert, but I'm a doctor. And he and I, every Saturday, and I'd always say to myself, God, I, I got to sleep in a bed. Marvin, his choice. He's sleeping in the street. This is the freedom. This is what he wants, but it's terrible. And some nasty weather, whatever. And I'm telling you this story because of the word love. And, and the different shapes and sizes it comes in. One day I walk out. There I am. I got my dollar ready. And there's Marvin. I see him. He comes at me. And I go, okay, Marvin, have a good day. Going to get my car to go do the radio show. I didn't say that, but I'm thinking that. And I go with my dollar to give it to him. And Marvin looks at me. And he says, no, Doc, give it to him. And he points to another homeless man. He, Marvin says, no, Doc, who gets a dollar from me every time I walk out of the restaurant? Give it to him. He needs it more than I do. This is, this is a homeless man who needs the dollar that I'm giving him a lot more than anything else saying no that I should give it to another man. And, and I remember what you should do with your life when you're blessed to be able to meet an angel. Marvin is an angel. And the way you get to meet an angel every day is if you're the angel. To me, that's what the word, that supreme... Don't, I'm the only Meshuggah who thinks when I hear the supreme single... Don't break my heart and love. That's what I think about. I think of Marvin. And I miss him because I don't eat at the pantry anymore because they change their hours. But the pantry is a restaurant that you should go to because it's been here forever, more than 70 years with the same recipes. I don't know how those potatoes are priceless. Whatever they charge, you should pay double because they're so good with the eggs. But there's a place that literally on the menu... They tell you the recipes from 1947. I don't even know what's on the menu. All I remember is seeing the date, the year that they're talking about since 1947. This is the recipe from Ohio or someplace in the Midwest. And you know what I'm talking about. The apple pan. Pico and Westwood. That should be 
Boris keeps telling me that I should make a whole book about famous recipes and places I like to eat in L.A. Well, there you go. And after the Rams game, after I left after the third quarter because they were pathetic, I drove with my friend, Jeff Grogan, because I was so distasteful, I had to have something tasteful. So I got in the car and I drove to La Monica's in Westwood. Mm, I've been eating there forever. You can give me all kinds of pizzas. My favorite is that center slice pepperoni Sicilian. I walked in. It was my lucky day. There it was. They had just taken one out of the oven. Boom, I got that center one. But I'm talking about the apple pan for the pie, the pie crust. Nobody makes pie like this anymore because it's an old recipe. The beauty of doing things with 70-year-olds, the beauty of aging. What a great topic. And thanks to Sally Sanger for being with us and teaching us and for all of us to know that she shares the planet with us, someone as good to Neshuma as she is, which in Yiddish means a good soul, which is what she is. Next week, next week's guest, fascinating. Thanks to the great Jared Abrams, my guest, is the company that makes a new kind of surf wax, which is what I rub on my board so that I don't fall off when I catch a wave. So we're going to talk to someone from the surf wax business. And so I've already been thinking, what is it about surf wax? It's truly the connection between my feet and the surface of what I'm standing on. In art, in sports, and in surgery, the issues of the sticky but not too sticky, pliable but not too pliable, you need wax for cold water versus warmer surface in Florida, Hawaii, it's different than in colder waters. There's a lot of issues you got to think about when you make surf wax. Well, in the world of sports, the man who really spent his whole life thinking about the connection between the bottom of your foot and what you're exercising on, for me, a surfboard, but for a runner, it's the track, was the man who started Nike, Phil Knight. From the back of his trunk of his car, he's selling sneakers with an idea that he and his track coach came up with that did not exist before. Using a waffle iron to make the tread on the bottom of sneakers to call them running shoes. Nobody ever really did that before. But Phil Knight's coach at the University of Oregon inspired him. And we're going to talk about in music and art, the animals and Eric Burden. Until next week, I leave you with Volari, which means I'm singing and I'm flying. I'll see you on the radio. Thank you.